safe side. Stick out the mandolin and the <laughs> voice. The whole thing, really. Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Arith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? Hey, J.R. <laughs> there, there, here we are, me and you. What's <laughs> me up? You. No, Zach. We have this just platform, us, bro. What do you want to say? Just eye to eye. Just eye to eye. Good morning. <laughs> God. <laughs> and then we got our third host. Zach the Kid Barlow, what's up, this player? Is, it's awkward, man. It's I feel like I'm like I'm like the third wheel on like this date. You guys are just like staring at each other, and I'm just like, why? Why? Yeah, it'd probably be less invited? awkward if we were wearing clothes, but it just so happens. No, we're not. Yeah. So here we go. I, I didn't get the memo. So oh, damn it! It's again, never- once again, again, being left out. <laughs> you didn't get the nude Sunday memos. <laughs> oh, oh, summertime, man. It's summertime. It's How's below. you guys weekend been, man? How's you got? What are you guys been up to? I've just been, uh, I mean, we just moved into this house, so we've basically just been running errands. Like yesterday, we unpacked and did a bunch of stuff. And what's funny is that uh, I tried to put a shelf, we got a shelf, and I cut it at Home Depot at a certain length, and I get it into the room, and I'm like trying to maneuver it, and it's like not fitting, and I'm getting hella mad. Like, I'm like, it's. I'm pissed. Like I had, a, it doesn't fit. Like blah blah blah. Like I'm fucking heated. I'm like, I'm about to go back to Home Depot, and and Alicia's just like, like what? Why are you like relax, man? And then she goes into the the closet, and she like does something like a slightly different angle. But I'm like kind of holding the board with one hand, and then she just like fits it right in, and she's just like, look, see, it fits. And I'm like, yeah, like well, I guided it in for you. That's why it needed two people, yeah. not just one. She's like, guiding hey, was the most yeah, yeah, for sure. Tenuous guiding, part. You were guiding the entire time. So yeah, that happened. Um, but yeah, man. Well, good thing I mean, you have her around the house for the handy, I, the handy I know, stuff. to fix shit. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> what would I do without her? Oh, <laughs> no, nah, yeah. dude, honestly, she needs me to guide it in, though, or else it doesn't fit, you know? So there's that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's pretty much been the highlight of my weekends. <laughs> she needs to guide it in or else it doesn't fit. Uh, yeah, so we uh, had summer solstice up here in Alaska yesterday. So that's oh, nice. the, uh, the uh, day where the sun doesn't set. And in honor of that this year, they had a statewide scavenger hunt um, held by GCI, which is like the Comcast of Alaska. And we had 15 of us from work participate in it for like a work event. And it was a 24-hour scavenger hunt from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> and I'm fucking dead. Did I, you sleep? <laughs> I, I slept. I did. Some people didn't. I slept. Um, there's 150 teams, six people per team. So there's a lot of fucking people. And the challenges are dope. So it's, a, it's like an app called Goose Chase you download. And then it has at six o'clock all the challenges drop and you have to like do them and you have to film them with the app or take pictures with the app mm-hmm. with this little like disc they give you in the picture. So they know that you took it live and yet there's challenges to like climb Wolverine mountain, which is like a fucking seven hour hike. Oh my and gosh. 300 points for that to take a picture at the top with your team. Uh, there's go down to the ocean and find a waterfall in this, in the woods and like have a water fight under a waterfall. Uh, go to, uh, furniture store and find a rug and sing a whole new world to the people in the store and film it and like there's just so many different things God. that we did um and it are was these a all things blast. that you guys did or is, <clears throat> are these just like challenges that the app like what did you guys do 
those are all challenges. We did everything besides the hiking. I'm not hiking up a fucking mountain. Uh, <laughs> we, we know how that went, Zach, when you came up here. Flat top was one of the challenges. I was like, if, if we hike flat top, I'm I'm dying after that, and I'm done. So, uh, but yeah, it was. There's like 280 challenges. We did 202 of them. Um, nice. And uh, when we I went to we stopped at like 10 o'clock on Friday, and then started again in the morning on Saturday. And when we stopped, we were in first place. And we woke up and we were in fifty seventh. <laughs> it's like fuck, damn. <laughs> Not that that there. many teams probably just didn't sleep. I know. And there's like crazy stuff, but it was so much fun. It was a great time. We're gonna do it next year for sure. Um, nice. <clears throat> but uh, we got thirteenth out of one hundred and fifty. So that's pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, out yeah. to the people. Yeah, nice. our team killed it. Um, but yeah, so that was uh that was our weekend. Uh, pretty pretty fun stuff. I'm fucking very excited for this episode. We have uh. Salute the Sun from Elysian Brewing as our beverage of choice, and it's very fitting for the solstice weekend. Um, and then we're also breaking down the last days of American Crime from Rick Remender, um, comic book and movie. And then we have uh, Zach dropping some Beneath the Ink knowledge. Um, so just a whole ton of fun we're going to have. But you know, before we get into the story, let's, let's get into that beverage breakdown. So salute the sun. Uh, JR and I have it in front of us. Uh, we have uh, pale ale. It's the se- summer seasonal from Elysian. And it's very intriguing to me because it's, first off, Elysian's creativity is one thing I always love, their, especially their design. Like their art team is just on point with mm-hmm. whatever they got. And salute the sun is no different. It's got a cool, it's a black lime with kind of like melting in the sun on the cover. And uh, the reason that's the case is they use black lime in their conditioning process which is when they bottle the beer with the sugar to ferment, they bottle it with uh, black lime. And uh, black lime is essentially a dehydrated lime that you can, uh, it basically ferments and gets a more earthy, musky flavor to the citrus as opposed to that sharp, tart citrus that you get from a fresh lime. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can use them for stews or soups um, or even grind them up into a spice. Um, But Elysian used it in their beer, which I thought was incredibly creative and the first time I've ever heard of that. So Uh, JR, have you tried it yet? I have not. I've been waiting to open it, so I can open it now. Uh, with what? What are you? Uh, what are you showcasing there? What are you opening it with? Oh, it's my uh, Enterprise bottle opener that I specifically got to open beer bottles with. So, <laughs> so, so we should preface it's Starship Enterprise, not Enterprise Renicar, because uh, oh yeah, a, there's a big Sorry, difference I only there. know one Enterprise, <laughs> and it's my to Star Trek. <laughs> it's only I. Only... He's wearing his Trek shirt. Sorry, it's the uh, uh, the ship that Captain Captain. It's in, the Enterprise. The Enterprise NCC dash one seven zero one. You know that kind of stuff. <laughs> this is but, the first bottle opener I think Jay has ever purchased because he's talked about it every single day for the past two weeks and, uh, and sent several pictures. That, it's the first like geeky one. I mean, we don't really <laughs> use bottle openers around here, so. Um, but yeah, I'll start. Let me get it. I almost bought Crack the that baby open. Jurassic Park one, which is the the raptor claw. But maybe, oh, that'd be sick. Maybe next year. I don't know. I think the Enterprise is pretty pretty freaking I, rad. I love it. I mean, it's, it's like perfect fitting. shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really like it. And we're not giving that away, so. You can eat yeah, Zach, to the first listener ideas. who <laughs> yeah. I'm like putting that in the back of my mind, like, oh, okay, that looks like a solid giveaway. Let's uh, <laughs> save that for a rainy day. It's oh, you not... like that? Yeah, we're giving that away. 
I hate it. I hate Enjoy it. Enjoy it while you have it. I don't like yeah. it. It's a Enjoy piece your of couple garbage. weeks with that, bud. It's a piece of shit. Don't. It's garbage. Um, all right, let's get this beer. Let's get this beer tasting on the way before my clothes oh, get taken away. Wait. Let's hear it. I oh, just got the big bottle. Fucking pint. <laughs> I feel like the Hobbit drinking <laughs> quartz. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Bilbo, dude. Um, it's. I think with all the things that you just described to me, I did not get any of that. It just tastes like regular beer to me. Like there's nothing fancy really? about it. Dang, I was all. very. I'm very surprised. You don't but even really get a lime. I don't get a lime. I don't get. It tastes. I mean, it's a light beer. I I, I feel like it's like it's very um easy to drink. Um. But I don't, I don't get all that. Like you, I was excited because you were giving me this ingredients of like this immaculate, like something that you would love. Yeah, and I'm like, it tastes like everything else I've tasted. I'm surprised you say that because is it because I'm in a bottle? I mean, it doesn't taste. I think you got to pour it out because like the aroma itself is like a punch in the face from citrus. I mean, you should pour it out, man. Do you have a glass? Um, not right now. Okay. I'll let it air out. Let me let it air out a little bit. Let it air out because, like, the first thing I notice is the smell. It's just like, wow, that's that's like a, a lemon or a lime. Because I don't taste orchard. anything different than normal. I mean, I... but when you when you drink it, it's almost like it almost comes off like a sour. It's so citrusy to me. Like it's like really oh, wow. Yeah, I don't it's get like citrus a, at an all. Earthy, like... An earthy tart is what I would call it. So I'm surprised you think it's like a normal beer. It's really, I think it's like a perfect refreshing summer beer because it's not too sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, it's almost too citrusy for me. It's it's just like pure citrus. Like you get, it's a pale ale. It's not an IPA, so um, it doesn't have that that hoppy overload to kind of break through the citrus. It's just citrus. So it's like a light. It's almost like a sprite that you're drinking. I I will agree that it's a a very like summer beer. Like this is definitely we've always if we're gonna you know we say cheeseburgers and beer like this would be a perfect cheeseburger and beer like combo. Um, I just not. Yeah, it's getting... like a dominate the food. Yeah. It's be tearing. Do, do you think it could be confused with a pilsner, Jordan? Because I I feel like Jared probably has had pilsners, and if he's saying like you know it tastes like a normal beer, I wonder if he's just like confusing it with that. I would lightness. Like I wouldn't light. say so. I mean, it has like a similar lightness to it, but the Pilsner's got that weedy sweetness, and this is really the the multi tartness. Yeah, I've had like citrus beers before. <clears throat> like I've tasted that sour, you know, that that thing that just makes my, you know, like it's a very like powerful thing. Sometimes, you know, I've, I I know we've had citrus beer before, so it's not like like if I were to grab one of those and this one, I definitely feel like this is more muted compared to that. Mm. Mm. Um, I think it's it's I'm it's very it one out. note. I will say that it's very one note. Like it's there's not like okay, I get a little bit of this, and I get a little bit of mango, yeah. a little bit of pineapple, a little bit of like whatever. It's just lime. Like it's just lime juice. Like it's, like, that's I don't what even you drink get is. lime juice. Like I would like lime juice. You have stuff your nose. <laughs> I would <laughs> like lime juice. I need to get some lime juice. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> but you, maybe you're putting that thought i mean i can oh, it's getting man. a little bit more but I i'm mean, planting the seed and he's gonna start getting the placebo effect just like yeah I'm just like, he's it, blowing it, on the bottle he's trying to air it out i feel like you're like leo leonardo DiCaprio, like and entering my mind with you know trying right. to get now let's go deeper and deeper <laughs> and he's like deeper. he's like making you taste things now i'm just trying to blow it up 
Speaking of which, dude, <laughs> Nolan's new movie, Tenet, that looks so fucking dope. Does it? I can't wait that shit again. comes out. Is that, that's right. the one with uh, Will Smith, isn't it? No. No. Is it not? Oh, okay. No, I, I don't know. think so. Will Smith was in the uh, um, freaking Aquarius. What's all, what's the... Uh, Gemini Man? Gemini Man. No, that's <laughs> not Aquarius. that movie. That movie sucked. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you saw it? I haven't seen that. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen that either. Yeah. So, so what do you think, Jared? Do you, do you enjoy it? You think it's just kind I, of? I a, enjoy a it. I'll be honest. I, even though it doesn't give you like the description, I felt like you were reading a back of like a comic book description. You know, like it was like giving you this massive like oh deep story. You're gonna come down and you're gonna have like big explosions. I didn't get any of that, but it's still a good beer. It's not like it's a bad beer. Like it's still pretty tasty. As in, like I could drink it. I can eat food with it. If I was just sitting outside on my porch, you know, with my feet up, I feel like that's, that's, uh, I think it accomplished that if that's the goal it was going for. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think it's very mm. sessionable for sure. I think yeah. you could drink this in the sun continuously and not get overwhelmed. And far from, from an ABV standpoint, I haven't even checked that, but, uh, 5.2. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty easy to drink and yeah. not too heavy. I that you could have a few of these, a sixer and, you know. I agree. Me just be fine and JR just be giving massages. So, no, I, uh, not off a of beer. Good times. I like how he announced that to the country last <laughs> on week. On Hops News. Jesus yeah. fuck. I, uh, we, Jesus we, fuck. Zach and I really liked how we announced that. <laughs> you announced that. So, that's our beverage breakdown for today. <laughs> oh, All right, so uh, that's our drink. Now let's go into our story time with Jr. Let's all sit crisscross applesauce and listen. <sighs> story time with Jr. Mm. All right, mm. so today we're doing um, the last days of American crime, and I've been wanting to do this book for I don't know what I think I suggested it last year, um, particularly when we heard that the movie was coming out um, mm-hmm. with uh, Edgar Ramirez, and uh, and so I actually like Edgar Ramirez. I mean, he's done some okay stuff. But um, as an actor, but he's done some really cool. I think he's uh, he's pretty risky in what he does. So I think that's pretty dope as an actor. Um, but the the book uh, I, I've read, you know, a couple of years ago, I got it. Um, <clears throat> and it's by Rick Remender, which, of course, we love our boy, the our goat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my f- top favorite artists is Greg Ciccini, which, again, low combo again. You know, that that duel is an amazing mm-hmm. um the book is published uh, through Image Comics at the moment, and it, uh, the date that it came out was a- in April of 2015. So it's been out for you know five years, but pretty quick turnaround for a book being out for five years and then make a movie. I mean, Netflix kind of yep. does that to you, um, which for us who want to dip into that world, that seems like a good you know, it's a good thing, good sign for for writers and and, and artists you know who want to get their stuff turned into movies. So um, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, but this follows uh, the character Graham Brick, and he has one last heist to pull before the government changes how they um, basically crime is going to be eliminated. And they're going to track everyone by like a mental state. And when they know what right is wrong, it's the API, um, which is I uh, can't remember exactly what it's that a is. signal. It's a radio yeah, it's- wave. Which it's in- the American API American pun, pun, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, they it, said it in the movie. Yeah, it said it in the movie. In the book, they they don't really say it too often. <clears throat> they mention it um one time, and the newscast actually mentions it exactly what it does, and uh, basically it 
it stops you from making that choice um, of committing a crime to uh, even, you know, to stealing, to, to robbery. Um, so it goes, a little known is known how the API works, but according to the now infamous story broken in the Washington Post last week in a straightforward broadcast that will work as a synaptic blocker, making it impossible for anyone to perform any act they know to be unlawful. So basically, a signal zaps your brain, tells you, okay, you this is wrong, and you it makes you stop. It pretty much paralyzes you. It's the American Peace Initiative. Yeah, America, okay, awesome. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that this is the response from the government because this is in the near future, and the country's in turmoil, and uh, the government's considering everything that's happening, domestic terrorism, and this is kind of their response to eliminate that, which I think for the times currently um, is chillingly close to home with yeah, and, the world today. And I think the domestic terrorism was some obviously a response that 2015, we know this, right? That was happening a lot then, you know, like particularly in London and, you know, um, where they were bombing a lot of the, you know, the trains and, and schools and, and shootings were happening at like, you know, um, concerts and stuff like that. So I think that was, and which obviously fits today as well, but, um, it, it's it was like a, a big thing so i could see why he wrote it and um but grand brick who is the main character has a heist and there's a time frame that this signal comes into live right it comes into mm-hmm. to play and they have mm-hmm. one more heist to do one more crime to commit to end their misery because everything's going to be controlled that means you know you're not going to be able to do i guess if you're thinking as a criminal you know, get that big score, that one last big thing to to retire on, and that's gonna yep. end. Yeah, but it's important to know that also uh, physical currency is being eliminated and everything's going that's digital. True. Yeah, and they're trying to rob the machine of all the physical currency before it shreds it, I believe, yeah. or before it destroys it or converts it, and they can't use the cash after the signal goes live. Like they can't use the cash right. in the states, but. They can use it outside of the states where the signal is not going live, so they're trying to flee to Canada. It's kind of like their their plan there, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. their initial plan. Um, and in in the beginning of the story, it's kind of like a gruesome scene. Um, something obviously has gone wrong. There's a guy in a bathtub, and he is screaming at Graham, and Graham just standing there asking him questions. Did did he give up? Did he give up information about a, a heist that he had originally planned? And so he's torturing this guy with diesel gas, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, which just kind of gives you an insight into who Graham really is. Like, this guy was no joke as a as a criminal. Like, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's like, yeah. uh, he's willing to go the lengths to get to what he needs to do and his first heist went to shit because of this guy the information so he lost some people on the team that he needed to complete his job before before you know the signal goes out so uh, then he he ends up in a kind of a shitty bar uh, where he kind of obviously goes all the time because he knows a bartender and his name is Collins and Collins kind of gives him like it's almost like a father figure a little bit, you know, kind of like, yeah, you know, don't worry about this. You know, things will work out. You know, you're crazy anyways. Um, and I think that that's kind of it's kind of like the calm before the storm at this point. Right. I mean, mm. you're kind of getting to see everything and um, 
And that's where the, I think the crazy part starts coming in is where Shelby comes in, right? Into the bar. Um, yeah. So yeah. tell me, tell me what happens in the, tell me what happens in the bar, Jordan. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's just like, what happens next? Spot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this chick uh, walks in looking all sorts of bad. And uh, one thing Greg Ducini does not shy away from is uh, skimpy outfits in his artwork. Because I know uh-huh. Lowe, uh, whatever piece of cloth was left in the ocean is what they're wearing. And, and, and it seems like uh, this is the same case because Shelby is not... Uh, not afraid to show show off the goods, and Shelby's she, bad, bro. She's a bad girl, and she uh, bumps into our boy uh, Graham, and basically apologizes for spilling his drink. Offers to buy him another one. They start talking. Um, she's got a black eye, and he's basically says that's a, quite the shiner. And she goes, "Yeah, well, I deserve it for all the shit I get into." So she's a uh, obviously the kind of girl you want to take home to mom, and. Uh, one thing leads to another, and she goes, I got a thing to cro- cross off my bucket list, follow me. And he follows her into the bathroom. And they go at it, and it's a not a nice bar. It's There's graffiti everywhere. The stall's gross. It's kind of funny because they, they're going at it, and then it cuts out to the hallway, and there's two girls waiting outside of the bathroom. <laughs> there's just these screams coming out from the bathroom. Um, but the probably the coolest line, or one of the most intriguing lines at least, is after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. They're... Uh, getting clothed and and grams asks her so what was the what was that the cross off your bucket list and she looks at or she goes to fuck a loser and just walks off <laughs> and like <laughs> there's there's got to be some probably a more demoralizing statement out there but i can't think of one right now yeah <laughs> um, dude but yeah i was like damn Cut you deep. Right. shelby was hella tight yeah <laughs> i really liked that character yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was um, intense from the moment she appeared to the very end, and she was kind of the the wild card for sure. Like they talked about angles a lot, and what's her angle? And uh, mm-hmm. Graham kind of had an idea, but there was the one thing I loved about this book is it was about it was almost like this nor um, crime, almost gangster. You know, there's a movie called. Um, Kill me, killing me softly with Brad Pitt. That kind of had that same like dark feeling to it, and I feel like this book was definitely in that realm of like just so many different angles. Where are you gonna go? And Shelby brings that to the table. Without Shelby, there is no, there's no death. It's just a, a criminal trying to commit a crime before he can't, right? And mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think, I think Shelby is definitely the deepest character, and in my opinion, the most interesting. I feel like Brick and Kevin, um, who we haven't discussed yet, are are much more. Kevin is interesting in his own way, but I definitely feel like, for me at least, Shelby and like her position in all of this and how she maneuvered through it um, kept my attention the most. I thought it was the most interesting kind of character in that yeah. regard. Yeah. And, and, and Kevin, to me, Kevin Cash comes in after that whole scene, and they're actually there to meet, meet Brick. They're actually there to meet Graham Brick. They, it's Shelby and Kevin, because they're a couple. Yeah, they're and a couple. Yeah, that's, that's where it gets real cool. And uh, Kevin is, is, I would say, like, he's fun only because he's kind of like a psychopath, but he's also just another layer to Shelby. Do you know what I mean? Like, just another mm. factor on to who she is, and... So at, at times I'm just, you know, particularly in the book, it's just like, oh, it's just another, you know, factor to, to Shelby. And 
they kind of start talking about stuff, the things that they want to do. There's replacement. They keep calling Graham older because he's an old man because he's older than they are. And, you know, he's a young, they're young, stupid, you know, couple who don't know what they're doing. But Shelby seems to be the technology person and, and Graham seems to be the guy with the hookups. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's how that, that team comes together. That's the main team for the heist, um, the main characters in the book. And the story follows them throughout and uh violence ensues it really it really <laughs> reminds me of like a um you were you were uh, talking about a brad pitt movie if i had to put a movie to this book and even the movie itself i would combine the purge and like oceans 11 hmm. together yeah i feel hmm. like it's like all like it's like a it's like a um like a heist story and it very much follows that kind of trajectory where it's like a countdown six days until the heist four days until the heist three days until the heist like it kind of and then and then the final you know chapter everything happens and it's just like all this all this action that you've kind of been building up the entire time yeah but put that like kind of that arc in a scenario in which lawlessness already exists throughout you know and then see what happens i feel like that's kind of the the mashup that this reminded me of yeah. Yeah. One one line that is in the very beginning that uh I think it's Graham's narration. Um <clears throat> he said uh, basically avoiding pain governs every choice. And he's living in in squalor and slums and everybody's trying to get a fix and it's it's that kind of environment everywhere. It's just uh everybody's trying to make the quickest solution come, whatever that is, just to feel good and just to get out of the fucking reality of the world they live in. So that lawlessness mm-hmm. led to a fucking yeah, it's created this just atmosphere of despair. Yeah. And let's, let's do a heist in that atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And as soon as he happen. walks out that bar, there's like an old guy standing there getting, you know, uh, a happy ending or whatever. And he's like, enjoy yeah, it yeah, while you can. Blown up. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was. And he's just like having a conversation with him. Like, oh, really? There's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like this girl on him. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I think that's a very, I mean, the, the art, it was just a great, the art is huge on this because it, it does, uh, give you the picture and the images of like how gritty and how gross and how disgusting the time is and how it's funny how the government wants to step in you know (laughs) now when obviously they've let it get there right so it's like such a big funny uh thing to say which is i think rick remander is obvious not to put words in his mouth but i've always felt like every time we read something it's like big brother is a bad guy a lot of times in his books and like mm-hmm. don't depend on them hmm. if you don't need to and um even hmm. in his x-force books which is amazing um uh which that is super interesting uh, that's an interesting take and i don't know just, just remember that remember that point when we go into the beneath the right. i can like, see zach's eyes uh, just like i always see his bearded chin i can't see his eyes but i see what you're saying his mind's eye his mind's eye yeah, uh, his mind's eye yeah there his you go <laughs> there it is um but yeah so i think that's a that's a good point is how gritty that place is and so they the team moves on to the next place to talk about the heist and the details of the score and that's uh <laughs> That's his mom's house. That's uh, Graham Brick's mom's house, which is a trailer, like a uh, what are those silver bullet trailers that you know you go traveling in? Jet streams. Yeah, jet streams, and that's where they break down the heist, which is pretty important on which is planned. And I and I want to I want to bring this out because I think um you know we're gonna talk about the movie and the difference of the movie and one of the differences of the movie and this one is whose plan is it you know and that that was big yeah, yeah. and I think and motivation yes like, I feel it, like on uh, whose plan it was 
A, and then also what in particular was pushing Brick forward? Yeah. Like, yeah. why was Brick doing what he did? And I think in the book, it was for his mom. Family, and then in, yeah. the, in the movie, because his mom had Alzheimer's and he wanted to help her and, and he didn't have enough money, but there was somebody that could cure it and blah, 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 blah. So that was kind of his, his driver for his actions. In the movie, it was, I'm not really sure, revenge? Revenge for his brother or something like that? I guess yeah. anti-government. It was very muted in the movie on his uh, his reasons why. I think yeah. a lot of things that were in the book compared to the movie were muted and changed and made um, other characters much more pronounced on their reasoning and um, like Kevin's and Shelby's, which again, you know, which well, Kevin broke to me. it down in five words. His motivation basically is like, "You're they lied to you. He didn't. Your brother didn't kill himself in prison. I saw him die. I can help you get revenge." Yeah. Like, yeah it's like this is, and then they team up essentially yeah. after that. yeah right which is which is uh which to me was driving me nuts at times because uh, well, this ho- oh go ahead uh, no i was gonna agree yeah because yeah. they, they did that and then they added in shelby's sister as well as yeah. another motivator and it's like that i i didn't like i that. hated that soften the character that was it made stupid. it was unnecessary sop Dude, that was like, the yeah. stupidest thing I think I've seen a, an, an adaption to a book happen is completely change around the main character. I mean, that's almost what they did was change the main character from Graham to Shelby. And Shelby's, again, a great character, but she wasn't the main character in the book. Uh, I, I hear you on that, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing. But what I will say is that in the book, I felt like Shelby was the most interesting. I've already kind of touched on that. Yeah. In the movie... If, if you were to pitch me on, you know, we're going to tell this story, but we're going to tell it from Shelby's perspective. I'm listening. But you lose me when you say, and we're going to make Shelby's motivation be like this maternal, loving, caring character. I'm out at that point. Because that's yeah. not Shelby. Yeah. And now you're just making Shelby every other female lead that there's ever been with the same motivation that it's ever been. It's so generic. And the cool thing about Shelby in the book is that she's not that. She's not driven by some maternal you know, instinct to protect and save the ones she loved at all. Yeah. She's actually super fucking selfish and that's tight. It's hella tight to see how she maneuvers through this from that motivation. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily hate the fact that they decided Shelby should be the main. I hate the fact that they changed the character to make it watered down. Like, which, me with that. which didn't make sense. I mean, the book really does lay a good path out to make a movie. Like, it's not like, the things in the book there are certain things you obviously i mean the sex in the book the violence um you know we're gonna get to the i guess there's certain things you well, they can't put all see. that in the movie they so do they but they that. you know they do get <laughs> yeah. it down a little bit i mean there's more there's two gangs in this book in the book in the movie they put one gang you know the mexican gang you know um which mm-hmm. you know the next scene is is uh two guys kind of staking out Graham and and they're from the Mexican grant uh, you know gang and they and Graham shows up and just blows them apart you know in his uh, yeah. security uniform which you kind of get to see the other side of everything going on right. and um in, in the movie they they got rid of that gang and um they just basically kept the the Dumoy gang which is Kevin's family and um, which is a dynamic in the book that I felt like added violence, which I guess, I mean, if you don't just want unnecessary violence, but it wasn't like it was done poorly in the book. You know, they added it to show uh, multi intense, all people coming at you at all different sides and trying to escape mm-hmm. that because they want what you want. They want what you're going to earn, basically, and they want mm-hmm. to take the easy route. 
and um, they 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 got rid of all that stuff. So I think let me let, let, let me ask you this because yeah. you're kind of you're kind of already on the subject. We've talked about Brick and we've talked about Shelby, mm-hmm. but wh- how do you feel like Kevin is or is not changed from the book into the movie adaptation? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, in the book, the um, Kevin is is a little bit more mysterious. Like he almost seems like. Um, I mean, tuxedo I guess it, mask. Yeah, I mean, he's almost no, dude. What? <laughs> yeah, tuxedo bro. mask. Yeah, bro. absolutely Stop not. It. That is the worst. Yep. Ab- um, listeners, yeah. suited that from the record, suited, mysterious, and you don't fuck with them. Um, he just seems <laughs> a lot of irris- He seems very irresponsible in the beginning, um, and I guess they kind of portray that. Michael Michael Pitt actually does the actor, which is if uh, he's done some really like independent movies in the past, and he's been gone for a while. It seems like. Um, and and he kind of had this attitude about himself in the movie, but it was it was more like I'm too cool for school kind of attitude instead of you know. He looked like a meth. He looked like a meth head, dude. Hello, hopheads. It's your friendly neighborhood host Jordan. Just checking in to say thank you for listening to this week's episode. It is brought to you by our good friends over at Action City Comics and Federal Way. Go say hi to Doug for us. Take advantage of all the great deals they got going on. And just so you know, they are doing a partnership with Jr. to do an auction with Jr.'s own artwork. So a lot of cool things to come. And on top of that, we have another promotion. We are really trying to boost activity on our podcast, so we are encouraging you to rate our podcast, leave us a review. And subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, if you do one, two, or three of those things, we are going to deliver you a personal comic book from JR's own comic book pull box. So all you have to do is, again, rate our podcast, leave a review, subscribe if you haven't already, and then the fourth option is to post an organic promotion of one of our new episodes on your personal Instagram account. So a maximum of four potential comics coming your way if you do these. And all you have to do is snap a picture of it, send it to us at HopHeroesPodcast at gmail.com or at HopHeroesPod on Instagram and Twitter. You can slide up in them DMs or even just tag us in a post showing showing that you're supporting. So go out and support and we will send comics to your door um, and a lot of cool things to come. So please, please, please spread the word. Who wants some free reading? I bet everybody can use a little more content in their lives right now. Take advantage of this. we got a lot more coming your way. Here's back to the show. I know, I know like we're about to meth, go... He looks like a meth head, dude. Like, we're about to go what. into the character, like, actual how the movie was, but, like, motivation. Let's, like, stay in the narrative, and then motivation. I just want to talk. Narratively, I feel like it was actually fairly one-to-one, right? It's close. Did His character get... carried pretty, pretty similarly, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty close. Okay, all right, all right. Just right. I just wanted to establish yeah. that. Okay, I now let's talk about the yeah. fucking cartoon character that that actor decided to be dude Mm -hmm. that actor decided to be (laughs) such a cart he was so animated it was like he's like i'm gonna take this gangster character and i'm gonna infuse him with like jim carrey from like ace ventura pet detective meets like fucking (laughs) zoolander who's like always of like worried about his like armani jackets and shit and and it was just like throwing a little bit joe pesci over the top and just like Kind yeah. of like Jack Sparrow, zany, like violent. He reminded me of like, of, and it's uh, just like, what are you doing? An attempt at Jared Leto's Joker, like, is what he yeah. wanted to be. Yeah, that's a good but, point. But, but it was like, but I feel like I, I actually, and this might be an unpopular opinion, I liked Jared Leto's Joker. So did no, I. I actually liked too. Jared Leto's yeah. Joker. This character, though, I feel like was like 
maybe a swing in that direction, mm-hmm. but like a overswing by a big by a big margin, like yeah. way mm-hmm. over the top to the point where you just don't even really believe anything that they're, yeah. that dude's They doing. made him more yeah. in the movie, definitely more prominent. Like he's again, he was in the book, he was more of like uh, uh he was a means to an end in the book and there was they uh, there's like a lot of double crossing going on in this book and a lot of different angles like I said. Um and in the movie it was he was like the main main antagonist and um and I'm not saying he's not necessarily in the book, but he was definitely just not like the the most prominent one there was all kinds of things that were you know but at the end i mean he's doing a villain like a monologue like he's literally throwing his villain like speech the way that like you said joker does to batman or the way that you know uh the green goblin does to spider-man and it's like i got you pinned down and he doesn't know when to shut up because obviously you give the hero time to 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 win yeah and that's what he was doing like he was the main villain and that is definitely not the book. the The book is the the main villain to me in the book is obviously the 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 time and the the the, the scenario and the, the people and the multiple multiple issues that are having like one issue after another, one person chasing after another, and then um, getting into the double cross. The LAPD all of us shows up in the book, you know, and that's where she got her shiner from. You know, it wasn't her boyfriend; mm-hmm. it was the LAPD, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. That that was like uh that seems to be the more main villain. It wasn't necessarily one person. It was multiple things, you know. And Kevin in the movie was definitely, I guess they try to make him the main villain, which I don't, I don't know what the why they would do that. I mean, maybe because it's easier for people to watch. I don't know. It's it's always got to be a a crate. Whenever there's a heist movie, there's always at least one or two crazy double crosses at the end. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and this was their big one. This was their big shining double cross. Was the fucking. You'd think so the like, LAPD was going to be the double cross, but it's actually fucking your boy, Kevin. And mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't, it's whatever. I, yeah. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> no, it was tough to watch. Were, you, were you a fan of it in, in either in the book or the movie, or were you straight up not a fan at all? Well, I, I have, I have my thoughts about, oh, about we're not, that. We're not going that but, deep yet. Well, we can, I feel like, so me personally, I wasn't a fan of either. And I feel like, the reason is we started talking about the first book and we were all into it. And then the second and third book happened. And what we do, we start talking about the movie because the second and third book are just action and just like blur together and not a lot happens. And I feel like they built up this great story with this crazy, like political landscape and then didn't explore that at all. And just went into the heist and the action. And that, that political landscape option is just in the background kind of. And they went into like just gore and sex and killing and, and we we haven't even talked about two and three really. I mean, we kind of have, but we bit, we talked yeah. a lot about one. I will agree. I will I tell like you that I actually, um, I actually like that the government stuff was muted. To be honest, I mean, it made it more about the violence with the characters and their like, you know, yeah. the um the issues that they were trying to solve together, but still trying not to be like close to each other. And and in the, in the movie, the the government was a huge huge issue they added like the cop in there like the, the jail like, stuff the boy. experiments yeah i mean it was ridiculous yeah. and um and i feel like that that was like uh i mean i had a hard time with the movie but in the book i i just i felt like i read the book so fast because you are reading through all this violence i mean you're reading through the 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 gang stuff you're reading through um the the you know all of a sudden the, the plan's starting to formulate you know there's like some sneaky stuff going on with 
where and just so we mentioned graham works at the bank that they're gonna rob like he's like a security guard and he's starting to plant the seeds on in the comic in the comic and he's starting to again in the comic i don't even graham how did he even eat because he had no money ever so i don't know you know in the movie he's just a ga- gangster he, he was just, just a gangster exactly he wasn't yeah. he was in fact in the movie they call him the muscle i mean shelby calls him the muscle and that's not yeah. mm-hmm. how the book works um and no, he's the architect he's the, the architect yeah and he's working this out and he understands that he could be double crossed at any minute like he understands that this could go to shit at any second but he keeps going and i think that's a really good thing to bring out about graham because he just that strength that he has you know is huge in this book i would i would argue that the um world in which is built in the first volume which i think is really awesome Mm -hmm. is never meant to carry through to volume two and three it's just meant to kind of put the characters in a place that's interesting in which lawlessness is all around. To me, when I'm reading this, I feel like Remender is just kind of, what if this would happen? Like he's just doing an experiment and then he, he creates this kind of world and then he, and then he uses the characters to tell the rest of the story. And I think from volume one to volume two, he kind of transitions into character driven. So like volume one, it's like, this is the world and there's characters in it. But you need to understand this world, and you you might think as a reader that that world will then continue to be a character that drives the narrative forward. But what happens is that then he moves from it. He's like, yeah. all right, now that we have that established, let's go into these characters, and let I want to push the rest of this through with the characters. And I think that what happened with you, Jordan, is you were like, well, what the fuck? I'm not. I, I didn't sign up for that switch. Like I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to see this world push through, which is valid. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just think that, you know, sure. Remender would j- basically was like, all right, here's the world, but then I, I want these characters to, f- to finish it out for better or for worse. Yeah. I, think, I think that's exactly what happened with me, Zach. I think that's a great point. And I think that the reason I was frustrated with that is because I was more bought into the world than the actual characters. Like, I wasn't yeah, yep. really sold on any of them. And now I'm following just them. And I was so intrigued with the, a- the API and, like, the countdown and, like, the world changing and currency. And, like, that was so cool. And then we're now we're just on the characters and action, and it's just a heist flick after that. And yep, that's 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 okay, I guess. It's just I've seen that, and I I, I kind of knew it was going to happen. So yeah. I guess that's right. where I got a little disappointed. Yeah, and right. I, I would just mention that this isn't like a l- ongoing series. This was meant to be like a one, two, three book, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to squeeze. So I can understand the world not being developed even more because you don't have the space to do that. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what sure. they were he trying to do. He never meant for it to be. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And maybe they were trying to do that in the movie to d- develop that world because, you know, they, that was a long movie. That was like a two hour and two and a half hour, two forty and 45 minute movie. So long. Ugh. So long. <laughs> Dude, so, so unnecessary. So long for long. a heist long, movie. Man. It was so Too long. Um, you know how hard it is to find that movie on Netflix when it came out this year? <laughs> like, I know. It's it came out at the beginning of the month. It got <laughs> oh my God. A month beginning of the month June so hard 5th, to find it i had to like i already had i already started watching it and it wasn't on my uh you know how you have your watch like watch continue watching list it wasn't there yeah mm-hmm. so i had to go search for it <laughs> they, um, it's like you, that was a mistake right we're not gonna put that on your continue watching list <laughs> let's, uh, let's redo you've clearly this. made a mistake here <laughs> it definitely um it definitely had a european feel to it like uh you know how european directors have this like you know this kind of like almost action violent but yet you know there just seems things that drag on 
like a log. Well, yeah, it's a uh, um, what's it called? The spaghetti western. Yeah, type deal. It's just it definitely had that feeling. Ghost, there's a Ghost Rider movie with the second Ghost Rider movie with Nicolas Cage was done by a, a European um director, and all the uh, of course all of it's di- made in like Eastern Europe. The movie, but it's definitely it felt exactly the same way where like all this action and all these things were happening so fast but then like when he talked to the characters and there were like these conversations they were just dragged on you know like mm-hmm. it's like get that you're ruining it like you're ruining it and i felt like mm-hmm. it had that same feeling to it yeah. um but anyways in the book the high starts to get going the days start counting down the 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 double cross start to formulate the the blackmailing starts to happen and um, Kevin, you know, ends up at his father's house and got kicked out for doing his stepmom, which is, I think, a very, you know, <laughs> funny thing. Doing like uh, banging, not yeah. killing. Sorry. In gangster lingo, intercourse you never know. with his stepmother, um, <laughs> with his gangster Let's just father, keep it who, transparent. Yeah. yeah, who tries to uh, tell him that they're on the right path to being legit, and he winds up just fucking that whole place up, and. Um, gets whatever he needs to get out of there for the heist and kind of his revenge on there. And, um, so then, you know, uh, again, and I think the great thing about the book is you, you kind of get these times, you know, starting all of a sudden it starts it's days and then all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. time and they get to the time where it's like eight minutes and, you know, or it's eight forty four PM. And I think that was a great, great thing. Cause you're starting to get that pressure. You know that you should yeah, get. Yeah, starts building. Yeah, and... I feel I was I felt the same way with the scavenger hunt. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I was <laughs> fucking like, we have eight hours to do this, dude. We have plenty of time. And you look at the clock again. We have two hours. We have ten minutes. Like we we are fucked, and we're like sprinting everywhere we're going. We're diving into rivers, like fucking. One of our teammates, Christina, she was running up these like slippery ass rocks by this huge waterfall just to get her head in it. Like oh people are putting God. their lives on the line just because wow. the clock was ticking. So. <laughs> You that pressure it. is real no matter what the circumstances it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that pressure is building and the high starts to starts to begin. You know, there's some trickery going on. There's an ambulance involved. You know, there's some people playing dead. Um, and they go in there and they start the ball rolling. And what what do they steal? They're stealing the cash, right? But they're also stealing like a, in the in the book, they're stealing like a it's like a, a machine. Right, that they can... yeah. I thought well, they were stealing the the machine that like you guys earlier said that they were stealing physical cash in the movie. But they were I, my cash. understanding was that they were actually stealing the machine that gave credit that eventually would become cash. So it was like an ongoing like they were just gonna embezzle money from the government for like the rest of time, basically with this machine. Maybe that's what it was. That, I got that's confused in the book on for sure. Part, in the honest. movie, it's cash. That's why they drive this big old diesel that can't be stopped at all. At yeah. any point, with multi high level military reason. barriers and I know, yeah. you know, high ridiculous. I was on my phone at that point, so I don't know what happened. But uh, <laughs> Same here. No, nobody I'm thinks kidding. to like shoot the tire, bro. Uh, like shoot the tire. I like, mean, these are what, what are we doing here? Rounds are shooting, and not one hits the windshield. Um, anyways, there were so many bullets shot into cars. Yeah, and he's just like ducking. Yeah. <laughs> he's just not. He's fine. <laughs> like that's not how it works. Bro. Every car he was in, he was fine. I know no I can what. commit a uh, <laughs> get away with it just like ducking out of the way. Oh, but yeah, yeah. In, in oh god, we'll get to that point. But um, but anyway, yeah, so it's actually a machine, and they're trying to steal this like almost like this slot like little pout like box that they can change like the 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 pattern or the the configuration on where the money goes 
and there's like this massive right. switch that happens um who has what right there and this is where the double cross start to formulate um between every single character there's a double cross with kevin there's a double cross with shelby um and the double cross with with uh kevin happens when colin dies because colin's part of the team and he comes in and he shoots him right in the back right at the ambulance mm-hmm. and um and at that point kevin right as they had like they were basically on their way out yeah, like everything was going smooth yeah they're mm-hmm. done and all of a sudden you know uh lapd comes in and just just snuffs kevin out like a little baby like that he is it wasn't like this big old epic how dare you fucking shoot me you fuck piece of shit you know mm-hmm. the way it was in the movie it was he's dead died right then and there quick and right. um then you learn of shelby's double cross and that, lapd to the lapd and the lapd grabs everything that they need for the heist and takes it right and gives explanations on everything and on why they're doing it and all that all that stuff and um i i actually wrote down shelby had other angles in the movie her other angle was her her sister in the in the book it was all about getting around their other angles it was like i got an angle to compete with your angle to get my angle which was i think absolutely amazing because trying because her 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 motivation was was self yeah like she she was only ever trying like the reason why she had sex with brick in the first place was because he was new to the team and so she was like can i get this dude to fuck me essentially like can i can i manipulate control this this guy can i manipulate this guy and then as soon as she was successful in that she was like, all right, check. Like you're, you're, you're in my pocket now, just like everybody else. And so everybody she came in contact with, she like initially approached it with, how can I, where is my exit? And how can I move you around for the best of my ability? And she changed those answers per person that she came in contact with. With Kevin, her exit was over here, but she knew where it was. With, with Brick, her exit was over here, but she knew where it was. With the LAPD, her exit was over. Like she always had this angle yeah. everywhere she went and it was all self-preservation. And so that's why I feel like that's a, that is an interesting character. Like that character Definitely. is really cool. Yeah. And then you take that like multi-dimensional kind of femme fatale genius level character. And then you're like, yeah, but you know, what if we eliminate all that? And we just like make her like super maternal and just love <laughs> this little girl. Yeah. And I'm like, bruh, th- why are you simplifying? Like, why are you watering that character down? I don't understand like what the decision process is. I would love to be in the room at that decision process table when somebody pitches, you know what? How about we give Shelby a sister and how about we just make her care about the sister? And that's why she does. And what she's she being held hostage by I would, the FBI. Like let's just yeah. do all that. I would fight. I would, <laughs> I would <laughs> being held hostage. By the I would FBI. die on that Hill. Like I would, I would be like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And I might lose my job, but I feel you like wouldn't be invited back. Zach. I wouldn't. Writer's I mean, table. Exit. This, Maybe that's how this type of these type of decisions happen. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Because people Seriously. like me are basically like, "Oh, yeah, there's the door, bud." And I'm just like, "All right, well, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> there was yep. there was my fight. Yeah, yep. but I, I guess I can understand from a if I was like a corporate suit, I I would the argument would probably be it that's confusing. It's kind of hard to follow. Americans are not very smart, and we want <laughs> things now, and we want things fast. That's and so easy. dumb. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think of how it's I don't justified. Know. I, I, feel I don't like... really, I honestly don't know. I'm literally just trying to 
speculate how that decision was made. I like, feel like Ocean Eleven does it pretty good. That's what people are used to knowing. That yeah, people are used to seeing that. I role guess I don't know. Way. I feel like Ocean's Eleven does a good job of that. Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen, they do a good job of like putting this like. Uh, I mean, but that's done by an amazing director and, and you know amazing writers and amazing amazing actors. So I mean, I guess you do with what you got, but um, they're able to kind of do this like hate it, you know. This multi, like, hey, at the end, you're like, ah, let's see what, oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh, you fuck, you got me, you know. And this one, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can't do that. Let's just, with with the money we got and the people that are, are here. I mean, it's not like they were awful, but I, I get it. I mean, I guess I, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was disappointed. I was like, Jordan, on my phone. It's like, is this movie fucking going to end? Like, dude, that was that was my I, biggest beef with the movie. I would have yeah. to say, I, not my, not my only beef by any means, but probably the biggest one for me. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely di- uh, so, disturbing. It's disturbing. So the heist, the heist is happening. There's fucking twelve double crosses. They end up tricking the cops and get the right box right. And Graham well, and, they Graham and they kind of go their separate ways. Shelby ends up think the t- uh, the cops think that she's with them, so she kind of goes with them. Brick kind of gets away with his life. Um, and he heads down to Mexico to help his mom out with her Alzheimer's and, you know, fast forward to seven months and they're in Puerto Pensaco, Mexico, where she's able, they're living a luscious life. It kind of reminds me of um, uh, 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 where he's just kind of like in these board shorts, you know, hanging on the beach, you know, just eating, drinking Mai Tais. Retirement life. Yeah, retirement yeah. life. And mm. um, this is Shelby shows up out of nowhere and he basically is like, took you long enough you know and this is kind of where mm-hmm. the movie differs for sure a hundred percent differs like there's no like even a hint of it together mm-hmm. they i mean they mm-hmm. talked about canada but that was like a trick right like kevin talked about canada but they knew that that brick was going to go to mexico like it was all one mm-hmm. big trick and they go to canada in the movie the final angle played yeah and it's stupid, and uh, Brick actually dies in the movie. Brick is alive in the book. I don't know what happened there, why they thought that was okay. Because um, yeah. he wasn't the main character, like Zach said. Yeah, it's it was, just stupid. I think, I mean, he, I, I was stupid. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so like Zach said, the double, double cross is revealed, and, you know, the fact that they actually got the cops put the fake box that they had into the machine they had, they were needing it to be put in, and um, they got what they wanted at the end. Shelby got her peaceful life that she wanted. Uh, Brick got to yep. take his mom and take care of her what she wanted, and it w- it was through this maze of manipulation, torture, violence, um, all to for this one thing, and that's to commit the last day, commit the last crime of Amer- you know, in America, and they pulled it off perfectly. Yeah. In the book, perfectly. In the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Voila. Voila. All right. So that's the story. Thanks, Jr. Thanks for that. No problem. Um, let's go beneath the ink, baby. What we got? What we got on tap today, Zach? All right, guys. We're have we're gonna go down a rabbit hole today. Um, giddy up. So. Jean-Jacques Rousseau was a French philosopher, lived from 1712 to 1778. His most famous work is called The Social Contract. And in The Social Contract, um, essentially he lays down what he believes to be the reason why there is like suffering 
and inequality and like define society from like the moment you're born to, to your death. One of the most famous lines from that book is man is born free and is everywhere in chains. Um, Rousseau argues in this that there are two states of life, right? The first is the one that we're all born into and he calls that the state of nature. The second is the social contract, which he called, which we would now call society. The state of nature needs to be understood as chaos. That's how he describes the state of nature. Chaos. It's always going to be chaos. That's why humans gravitate towards the social contract because in the social contract there is order. So in the state of nature, there is two innate human impulses. Only two. One is self-preservation. I'm going to, before I go any farther, I'm going to make an argument to you and listeners that Remender made this book and this story based off of Jean Rousseau's social contract, making that making the characters represent the three innate impulses that exist within this philosophy. And I'm sure Remender probably fucking didn't read. Maybe he did. I mean, I'm not Remender, but this is what I felt when I read when I read the story. So first, first innate impulse of the state of nature, self-preservation. Shelby Dupree represents self-preservation by her impulse to get an angle on every situation. No matter who joins the party, she always looks to find a way to make sure she has a back door, a way out, or um, a way to manipulate that person to make sure that she comes out on top. So she is part of the state of nature, which is chaos, right? The second impulse of the state of nature is pity, or in, in, in this regard, repugnance to seeing suffering in others. I would argue that Brick is driven by pity in the book. In the book, although he's a brutal fucking dude, he is driven by trying to make his mother's situation better and ultimately driven by trying to make Shelby's situation better because Shelby ultimately opens up to him and is like, I've been through a lot of shit. You don't know me, blah, blah, blah. And he ends up being like, all right, like you and me, like I'll let's figure this out together. Although he doesn't trust her all the time. But those are driving factors. So pity or trying to repugnance of seeing suffering in others. Those are the two states of nature. Now, there is always that social contract, right? Rizzo argues that over the course of evolution, man starts to become civilized by comparing themselves to others, a notion he ends up calling perfectibility. Kevin Cash could represent the new beginning of civilization with his motive legacy, which is rooted in him comparing himself to that of his father and taken a bit further is rooted in the hope that others will soon compare themselves to him if his it's his true driving force that is his legacy that's the legacy that he wants so so hear me out on this you have this world where crime is kind of laid out as you know it's chaos it's it's it, the world is is put in a state of nature and then you have two characters that represent the only two innate impulses that are in the state of nature. And then you have a third who kind of exists in juxtaposition of the two, Kevin Cash, who represents perfectibility, which is the budding kind of the buds of, of a, of society that's trying to be grown from this state of nature. Now, this is very interesting idea. I'm just going to read. I have a bunch of notes. If we follow this argument down the rabbit hole, what we end up with are three characters, two representing both sides of the state of nature in which society in this story has devolved into 
one of which represents the earliest budding of civilization trying to pull itself away from the state of nature. The striking piece of this puzzle is the level of brutality Kevin exhibits throughout the story. Brick is no angel, but Kevin is an absolute terrible human, oftentimes killing for the sheer joy of killing. So Kevin just fucking wrecks people all the time. It's super fucking brutal. But in this kind of argument, he represents society. Or at least how societies are built from the state of nature. Taking that idea a bit further, if we look throughout history of how civilizations have risen from what would popularly and wrongly be considered as states of nature, that of the Spaniards coming into contact with the Aztecs, with the Portuguese landing in Africa, with the expansion of the West and the first American settlers, all of those instances were absolutely barbaric, which fits the character of Kevin perfectly. Here's my conclusion. When I read this book, I felt as if the most core premise Remender was exploring was the very nature of the social contract that we're all in now. It's very similar to The Purge. Crime as an ideal is so often used as a key representative of the benefits of the social contract we exist in today and is therefore used to represent chaos, which Rosu argues is and will always be the eventual landing point for any state of nature. Chaos. It's always going to be chaos. There's no way that we cannot be in a society and not have chaos. That's, that's the argument. Uh, in doing so, the state of nature and one in juxtaposition of those two being perf- perfectibility which is the butt of society. For me, it's really a reminder of how we got here. In this story, things end well and Kevin dies and Brick, our hero, at least in the book, uh, gets the girl and saves his mom. But for society, uh, the Kevin within that society doesn't lose, that they win. And that's how societies are built and they're built on fucking brutality and Kevin's super brutal. And um, yeah, that's where, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. I think that this book is based off of a, the state of nature versus society and civility. And I think all three of those characters can represent the three innate impulses that come from the state of nature. Wow. That's a, that's okay. a good one. I liked it. I have nothing to add to that. I, I, I guess my only question is, so are you saying that it it's a kind of a reflection on society today but in in reality the kevins have won and the grams have lost yeah but i'm also saying i am saying that but i'm also saying that like look at how fucking brutal kevin was like it's interesting to me right because you look at kevin and you say like oh yeah he's just he's a psychopath and blah 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 but he's the only one that had this like compare myself to others ability like the legacy that he chased was exactly what rosu argues is is the first kind of what what moves a state of nature to society and so my argument is like look at how fucking like like the brutality it, it like carries over throughout history too every society was built on fucking blood like this and so it almost takes a kevin for for you to leave the state of nature which is which is defined as chaos right but I mean, like, what's more chaotic, right? I don't know. I'm yeah. an anarchist. Yeah, I'm really not. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm really I'm not though. Like, I'm really not. I'm just, I'm just exploring ideas with my buds on a podcast <laughs> for the whole United States to see. No, no, I. This I don't, is anonymous. I don't yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm just really. I guess all I want to do with this is like fucking think about it. You know, that's it. Yeah. Just yeah. think about it. That's deep. Uh, I like it. It's uh, um, 
I think it's a very uh, awesome take on the three characters, which takes you to another level of... We, we've had this conversation before about how how comics can take you. It's not just about the art and the, the basics of the reading and the heroes and the... I mean, it, it, you are literally going like 10, 15, 20, 40 layers deep into the story by digging that out. And that's what I think is an amazing that job you did there because it also it's another perspective on on this book and i think that's why comics are such a great great thing for us in society like I, people think it's such a child thing at times but those people are probably stupid so we don't listen to those people <laughs> and, we don't listen to those people and if you really pay attention to what you're doing you're gonna get these deep thoughts and these deep like resounding issues that are obviously happening now and you're going to get them out of these books and they're going to get maybe a solution at times right like i mean i think it's, it's, just a, it's such a great thing it's such a different perspective it's another perspective on a comic book that we have yet to explore yeah yeah man yeah and 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 i, and I will say some of us need a uh, little zacks on our shoulder to, to to give us that that awareness piece because I didn't catch any of that when I was reading it. Yeah, <laughs> you're After just hearing him say that. You're just as dumb as I am when that, when I catch. I'm like, ooh, fucking art. Ooh, blood. Yes, yeah. red, <laughs> red. Swords, guns. <laughs> fucking yeah. shoot him. Yeah. Shoot him. Uh, <laughs> you know. But that's why we got. That's why we got our boy Z for beneath the ink. We yeah. Dive deep in these things and and how how it correlates to society and that's that's perfect. And and then you think about the depth and the beauty that Zach just portrayed. And then you look at the movie. <laughs> I, I, I want to say one, one more thing, though, before we move to the movie. I think the reason, like, I, I kind of touched on this earlier about how, like, he he um, he, he built a world and then transitioned to characters. And I think the reason why is because, like, once you establish, I mean, at least in, in this line of thinking, if you establish a state of nature, it has to, it ha there's there has to be emotion at some, some point. And so, like, once that you're, like, all right, this is the state of nature, and here it is. This is book one. But then you have to materialize self-preservation and pity, and and then ultimately perfectibility. So like, it's it's moving over to like, okay, how am I gonna show these things if I'm Remender? Which he probably didn't. I have to like always say that. Like, I'm not fucking Remender. He probably just yeah. I wouldn't put words in his mouth, cool. but bro, yeah, you're I, don't, in, you're I wouldn't put head, words dog. in his mouth. You're but in I'm his just, head. But I'm just saying, like, it makes sense at that point. And and I think also narratively, I mean, if you if you don't want the world to be part of the character sometimes it is but you just that's why i think that you know it makes sense in this theory at least yeah. that they moved over to the characters to to show how you know in in chaos the the budding of society actually ends up being you know almost as chaotic or more chaotic than than the chaos that was feared initially which i think is kind of the main point that i was trying to yeah trying to i will say it, even if this isn't remender's thought process he might just adapt it now just to sound way cooler, you know? <laughs> um, or he was doing it unintentionally. Like, he wasn't even aware of what he was doing, but he was doing that. Yeah. Like, sometimes that could be the and case, I, too. And I do think, I know he's uh, socially conscious. You know, every once in a while, he puts a post out, you know, and he he put a post out, I think, this morning about stuff, the things that he's missed on what's going on right now. And he's like, it's like, he goes, it was like a shot, like a kick to my dick. You know, it's actually in his post, you know, about some of the things and uh history and and how we were taught in school and um there's all all of our all of your core pale is one of the an amazing artist does art all the time like amazing art and he's a french um you know he's a black french artist and he's like mm -hmm. and he talks about everything he talks i mean his art reflects everything from from color to sex to i mean he posts like gay stuff like 
not that it's wrong, but like art, like it's art, two guys together. I mean, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And Rick Remender obviously is good friends with him. And um, an, a, another guy as well, who's a director, I didn't know that well, but he, you know, he mentioned these things. So I know those are in his thought. Like we know from all the books that we read, like Zach, I'm pretty sure you're not off that much, but you know, he probably has all, I mean, that guy's a deep thinker for sure. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. he's our, on. that's right on point and, yeah. I, and I, I think he's just being humble by saying that maybe this is what he's going for but i think it was yeah and i think that's great think we'll find out we're it. gonna ask him one of these days we're gonna get him on the show hell yeah dude when we do we should run this beneath thing by him and be like how close was i bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'd be amazing so dude, petition will happen very soon everybody that's hit him up, up. All right. All right. Perfect. Well, thanks for that, Z. And, and we already talked the movie, essentially. So let's go into Craft Your Trash. Um, what are we going to rate first, the book or the movie? Uh, we're not rating. I don't think we need to rate the movie, to be honest. I want to rate, rate the movie. The movies. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll let's rate just both. do both. Let's just we'll rate do both. both. Yeah. All right. I'll go first. Um, I, gave, I gave the comic a four. The book a four? Um, yeah. I, Jesus, I bro. I what? Fan, are you man. serious? I am. I wasn't Ooh. a fan. That's I, so low. I didn't think God, it was very good, damn. man. Every aspect that I liked in the book was in the first few like pages, and then everything after that was just like the, I wasn't bought into Rick the characters. Remender. I know, Rick I know. Remender. I'm aware who wrote this, and I'm disappointed in myself for not enjoying it more. To be honest, My I just God. I couldn't get into it. I thought that the characters were blah. I thought that the most interesting, sure, was Shelby, but. It wasn't that interesting. She's just like I am shocked. Just I need laying around beer. smoking cigarettes in her underwear and talking about how she's playing everyone. And everybody's seen a heist movie. Everything gets double crossed at the end. It's like might as well have George Clooney just narrate the last fucking five minutes of the whole heist because that's what it was. Ocean's Eleven. Like I just saw everything coming. I wasn't buying the characters. The one part I did enjoy was the the world, and that was not continued forward like we talked about. So. I wasn't a fan of it, and I'm gonna give the movie a fucking one, dude. I, I did not want to watch that shit at all. That was one star trash can, painful <laughs> to get star. through. And that was not only did they have uh, questionable casting choices, like I thought Kevin's character was just what the fuck. Like he went from like suave suited to meth trash, and it was super weird. But they emphasized the parts of the book that I didn't enjoy. They emphasized the action and the the, the sex and the gore. Like they didn't talk about. Any of the, like the, the political part of it was like not even really emphasized. It's just there. Like there's cops and there's a, a siren, but like why? And it's, it's just because it's to like limit crime. Like there has to be more layers to that and they could explore that and they didn't. So that, that's, that's my, uh, wow. My way to start it I off. am shocked. You're going to drive <laughs> me to drink is what's going to happen with stuff like that. I'm going to drink this All whole part beer. Of the plan. Um, I'll, I'll go next. I'm going to completely disagree with Jordan on this. I think this might be the furthest we've ever been on a rating and i'm gonna go uh, uh, an 8.5 um right. there's there's a lot to the book and on the book um because one there's things that i didn't see and zach saw that was huge 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 uh dynamic going on and so um add that to the mix add the art to the mix again i mean it's so unique and so colorful and so you know there's so many great angles that uh greg Tuchini does um, and obviously the writing, a lot of great monologues going on with uh, uh, Graham and um, 
Yeah, I mean, I knew there was going to be a double cross. I mean, it's a heist, but I knew that. So I wasn't, like, disappointed that there was, wasn't, you know, or there was. I mean, I, I knew that there was going to be a double cross, double cross. You know, I I got it. Like, I was, I was okay with that. And so I felt like uh, you put that all together. You put this with where we're at in life right now in society. And I think it's a... Um, it's an 8.5. I think it's worth it. I mean, I think it's worth the read for readers. Um, it's definitely independent, right, type of deal. So, you know, you get to kind of see a great story from there. Um, the movie was just fucking shit. I mean, I was <laughs> I was excited because it, it's a uh, uh, Rick Remender movie, Greg Ciccini movie, and it turned out to be garbage. Garbage. Like, I think a 2 is being nice. Like, I, I want it. I'm probably going to give it a 1 just to – um, and that's yeah. and that is not any reflection on Rick Remender. Obviously, this is a reflection on the fucking screenwriter and the and the director and the production company Netflix because um they I felt like the book gave you such an easy path to follow. Like I get you have to change things. I get it, but there's no way the movie needed to be two and a half hours long. Okay, it could have been an hour and forty five minutes. You could have got all the things that you needed from the book. Stick to the stick to the main things. I get making Shelby the main character, but why change her ultimate goal? Why change, you know, you're, you know, you're like, you're making her, th- I think what people, what women are trying to fight against was just like always being the maternal person in a book. You know what I mean? Like you're changing these things and maybe they're trying to be more respectful, but I think they were more disrespectful towards uh, uh, being socially conscious. Yeah, I just, yeah, which is dumb. Yeah, well, I don't know yeah. what the what audience they were going for on that. I mean, to me, the audience would have been men twenty to twenty five. You know what I mean? Old white men wrote that shit. Uh, I know. Back like, that shit. I don't Guaranteed, understand dude. if <laughs> that that is not an old white old white man type of audience for this book. This book would have been men twenty twenty to twenty five, violence, sex, double crossing. You know. Uh, all that garbage and females dude yeah ready to fucking support shelby like females would buy into that character in a heartbeat, exactly and they just <clears throat> they shot the bed and they made the villain um kevin who wasn't the ultimate villain he was the you know the, but that stupid monologue was stupid and the end where he where uh <laughs> grand brick died i think that was the worst part for me it was he him dying in the truck and then her spreading his brother's ashes over a lake in canada completely different so fucking stupid. All right, so that's our uh, that's our recap of the story. Uh, Jr., uh, what do you got for plugs today? Uh, I'm gonna plug uh, Action City Comics. Um, uh, and one thing I didn't realize about I knew they had a lot of variety, but uh, Jordan actually texted me yesterday uh, from a friend who was looking to read some books, and mm-hmm. um, this thought process kind of came a little bit before that, but also coincide. And Action City Comics is going to uh they have a lot of books a lot of variety from x-men to uh independent books and uh right now all their books are their back issues and there's um single issues and when i say single issues those are like the most recent issues that are out you know from the last year or so to uh independent issues which are harder to find all half priced right now um and just so because he's got so much more inventory in the back and he's trying to bring it out, which means great for us because we get to see stuff that was probably hard to, to find. Uh, I think we're talking about the Miles Morales stuff. I know he's talked about it. he's got like 
several of those things. You know, there's a couple issues of the uh, of that are really important. Yeah, so Zach's gonna cop those real quick. So, let's um, just, uh... so we don't know. We don't know a hundred percent, but you know, we want to plug Action City because they've done a really good job of of uh, um, of standing the 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 wind of time with this COVID and making money. And um, obviously, we, we might. Uh, it sounds like I'm gonna do an auction for them with some art coming up here as well. So yeah, we're gonna uh, a bunch of artists gave him some uh gave Doug some some art to auction off to support the store and I'm gonna do one as well for the store and uh, we're looking to do other comic book stores as well if you know if they want to participate we could you know I could do some art and we can auction it off for them in support of small business and comic book stores specifically. All right, perfect, perfect. Well, as always, you can follow us at Hop Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we got some great giveaways coming up. Um, so continue to stay in contact, tell your friends, get some subscriptions. We want to see some more reviews. We want your feedback. So feed us. Um, but thank you guys so much for checking in this week and we'll get you next time. Yeah.